Today on the No City on the Sideline Dad podcast, episode number 35, my interview with Mercedes Samudio, author of the book, Shame Proof Parenting, a number one Amazon bestseller and also an international book award finalist. We talk about what is parent shaming and also how parents can find their own voice and their own unique voice next on the podcast. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Yeah, my name is Joe Foley, and I really, really want to say thank you for being here. I know as a dad, a parent, and a eh, crazy busy adult, but very busy people. And you taking time to listen, I appreciate it. And if this is your first time, hey, hey, thank you. Welcome. This will be a weekly podcast dedicated to sense of community. The reason why I'm laughing is, is I'm just, I've been having, I want to be a, a weekly podcast, but I'm trying to be more con- consistent but it want to be a weekly podcast. They've been talking about being a dad, parent, and a well-rounded individual. How do you benefit from listening to this podcast? Well, you know, we're all on a journey of discovery. This is my journey, and I'm, I'm trying to find answers. You know, being a recent divorced dad, I don't have the answers. You know, or just being a parent, I don't have the answers. It's funny, when you're younger, you think, I got all the answers. And when you get older, you're going, no, I don't. We're all going through some issues. I mean, similar issues, some kind of same issues, or maybe just issues that we all can relate to. That's why I want to build this in this community. What I mean is I want to talk to you. If you want to talk to me, you can talk to me. My contact information will be all found at nosittingonthesideline.com slash contact. Leave a message in the show notes. Or, hey, right-hand corner from the website. See that switch right there? Yeah, that one right there. That one is Speedpipe. Leave a message. Say hello. Say, I love the podcast or just want to say, hey, Joe, you're doing a good job or, hey, Joe, you can work on this or or just reach out on social media. You can find all of my social media contact. And when I just mentioned about the web, the where you can connect to me with others, um, my email, my social media, and no sitting on the sideline.com slash contact. I love being a dad and a parent. I, I know this is not an easy job. And it's one of those jo- jobs that you go, hey, I didn't realize I signed up for this, but you know, I really look back at it is in the sense that it it is a good job. It's a job that I hate saying a job, but it's um a kind of a mission. You want to put it in kind of the sense of um you know, any sci fi fans mission or I'm on a quest. The quest of my son to be a great man when he gets older. I have no idea if that's going to happen or not, but being a parent, I'm doing the best I can because there's no, honestly, there's no, there's no owner manual. And then it's a journey of discovery. And um, I'm not an expert. I'm just like you, a dad or a mom, or like I said, a person trying to get through this world. And I just want to know how I can contribute to the world. So I can make it a better place. Next up, my interview with Mercedes Samudio. The author of the book, Shame Proof Parenting. I thought about this for a minute. You know, we're going to jump in the interview in a second, but I just want to thought about a, a couple of stories I was thinking about 
while recording this episode. And we've all done it. We're all saying, hey, I can't believe that mom gave the kid a bag of Doritos and I would never let my kid do that. Well, you know, you're in the grocery store. The kids have a mental breakdown and you're only in aisle two. <laughs> oh, how are you going to get through the aisle 13 and get out the checkout without imploding? Yep. Yep. You'll probably give them the Doritos too. I can remember when Sean, my Sean's mom was pregnant with Sean. And when we think about all the things that go around shopping on, I'll never let my kid do that. I'll never let my kid do that. I was parent shaming. Didn't really think much of it. But now in this interview, Mercedes, I really thought about more and um, <laughs> how much I actually do it. You know, I, I actually got parent shamed just the other day myself. Um, I was in the laundromat because, you know, you know, recent divorce dad, I, I don't have a laundry facility in my, my apartment. So the other weekend, I got to take Sean to the laundromat. I walk in, I can see them all looking at, oh my goodness, four years after I walked in, the place is going to turn into a zoo. So as a, the, the, the afternoon goes on, but it takes about an hour and a half. And when it's time to fold the clothes, I got to keep them busy. Um, at the time, I have my iPad. I give it to them, let them watch a video, whatever we want, some kind of video cartoon we want. And as soon as I give my iPad to my son, I can see the judgmental eyes looking at me. Maybe just me or, but I thought I'd looking at me going, I just been parent shamed. Oh, you know, it'd take me 12 minutes to fold the laundry or an hour doing if I got to chase them around with five seconds. You know, you got to do what you got to do as a parent, I guess. Because you know what? At the end, you know, it does, it will really matter if he works extra 10 minutes of video so you can get through what you need to get through. So it's an interesting topic. You know, we all have our different ways of doing it. I guess unique voice or we're all on this journey of being a parent. Cause you know what? At the end, we just hope we mess up. We didn't mess up too much. <laughs> so Mercedes helps find parents find their own unique voice and helps shame proof relationships and, and hope and help and make it a little better. So let's jump right into the interview. Today on the podcast, my guest, Mercedes Samudio, an Amazon bestseller and award-winning book, Shaming Proof Parenting, and parenting coach, and the founder of ShameProofParenting.com. Welcome to the podcast, Mercedes. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. Thank you. Um, I, I just want to ask some questions. I, I did, a little, my, um, did my homework because I want to make sure I had a good interview tonight. And um, and I know that you, you're a self-claimed geek. I remember reading that <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so I'm a geek myself. So what do you geek out on? What is your thing like you'd like to do? Oh, man. Um, I guess I like geeking out on like Harry Potter stuff, um, the Marvel cinematic movies and anything in like the Josh Whedon TV uh, universe. Josh Whedon, is that? Um... Buffy the Vampire Slayer, oh, Angel. Yeah. Yeah. I admit it. I'm a, I'm a dude and I watched it too. So that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> that's why I recognize the name. That that was funny. I'm like Josh Whedon. That sounds very familiar. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, I was wondering. Can you tell them more self, a little bit about yourself and where you? Um, how did you get started doing them? Then your website stuff. How did you get started? 
Sure. Uh, so I am a licensed clinical social worker and I started doing this work, I'd say over a decade ago, uh, working with teen parents. And as I got more into this work with family systems and how families come together, I really started to have a passion and a heart for not just families, but how parents really come into their identity. How do they go from being humans who didn't have to take care of anybody other than themselves and maybe a partner uh, to now having to take care of a small child and watch this child grow into an adult themselves. And so over the past three years now, I've really been focusing on working with parents specifically as a coach, not as a therapist, and really helping parents to feel more confident in their parenting strategies, as well as in developing a healthy identity for themselves as a parent. I, I got to know, because well, like I told you before, the, uh, I was, the reason why I wanted to have you on tonight is, what is shame, shaming parenting? What is that all about? Yes, yes. So one of the things that I noticed in all of my work when um, I would work with parents is that many parents felt like they were being judged or shamed for the parenting decisions they were making by people who really didn't want to take the time to understand how they came to those decisions or why the parent was making those decisions. And I realized that this was a common theme for, I would say like 90 to 95% of my parents who would come to me, whether it be, whether it be through coming to me as uh, looking for help as a client, or even just other people who knew the work that I did and would just share with me stories of what happened to them when they would try to raise their child in public or raise their child while others were present. Uh, they would just tell me stories about shame and how people would just judge them. And then, oh, go ahead. No, I can see that happening. I mean, I feel that. I mean, I feel that. So I have a four-year-old son myself, and yes. and I'm out and I'm out in the public, and I'm like, and I'm like, I grab him by his hand or something. I'm like, and they're all looking at me like, "What'd you do that for?" I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I feel like they're judging me. <laughs> yes, yes, and I feel like you know, with the advent, or I would say maybe the advancement of social media, I feel like shaming has gotten worse. Whereas before, maybe someone would just kind of scowl at you or shake their head at you. Now I feel like people take it to social media, so people will post online, you know, they'll take pictures, they'll take videos of parents. Uh, I know for a fact, celebrities get it quite a bit. Anytime a celebrity parent posts something online, people are blasting them for, you shouldn't raise your kid like that. You shouldn't give them that type of food. You shouldn't let them do this. And I feel like social media has made the idea of shaming parents a lot more prevalent and a lot more salient. People feel very bold in doing it now. Well, people, it seems like people can hide behind an avatar. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's um, it's it's interesting too. Um, when you see the celebrities online, you see all the their good stuff what they're doing, and 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 probably just like me and and every other parent. Correct. I hundred percent agree with you. I remember there was this one picture um, of Char Charlize Theron, who's an actress, and she was trying to, I guess, you know, deal with her four year old or her toddler while they were out. And the picture that the paparazzi captured of her was her kind of bent over with a very mean look on her face, holding the child down in the street. And of course, everyone was like, oh, 
oh my gosh, she's so abusive. Oh, she doesn't know how to raise her kids. And it was just this big thing where the, the paparazzi, the photographer only captured that one second of this mother who, again, we know her as Charlize Theron, this amazing actress. But at that moment, she was just being a mom of a toddler. She wasn't being an actress. She wasn't on, you know, she wasn't performing. She was just trying to get her, her child out of the street, I assume, and to their car. And it just kind of struck me as something that we tend to do quite a bit in our culture, which is we take a snapshot of what we see of somebody and we blow it out of proportion or we we really kind of feel like we need to judge it and shame it. And I feel like that happens so much for parents nowadays. What is one? Can you give me a story of a parent shaming something you, that you dealt with before? <laughs> Um, so as, as a parent coach, I'm not a parent myself, but a lot of the times I get these stories. I mean, people just share with me stories because they know about my book. They know about my in-parent shaming hashtag. Um, one that I can actually tell you about that kind of happened recently. Someone shared with me is they had decided to take their child out to the movies for the first time. And they wanted the son, I think was about eight, no, maybe younger than that, maybe seven or eight. And so this was his first time going to the movies because, he has um, some developmental disabilities that kind of made him really hypersensitive to loud noises and lots of people. But the child really wanted to see Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man that came out. So, of course, she was like, all right, let's try it. You know, let, let's see how you do. And mom went during the day when she didn't think there were going to be that many people around. She thought it would be kind of a nicer experience for him to go maybe at 11 or 12 o'clock show during the week. So, of course, she goes. There were a nice amount of people there, but her son got very agitated. You know, um, the noise and the darkness and, and there were too many people and too many smells. And he kind of got agitated and had a tantrum in the movie, you know, right when it was starting. And a couple people, you know, made those snide comments. Oh, you should have brought your kid to the movie if he couldn't sit down or, you know, just things like that. And she said that she felt so ashamed because no one knew that for him, this was his first time trying something out like this. And it was hard for him. And of course they ended up leaving. And, you know, she said that when they got, when it came out on DVD, they would watch it. But I remember just her telling me the story and saying, you know, I feel so bad because I would love for people to have more empathy for kids who maybe can't deal with all of the sensory things that go on when they go to a movie theater or like how she wished there would be maybe a, a movie theater that could be useful for children who had developmental disabilities or who had sensory issues who could actually enjoy the movie theater. And so I share that story because I think sometimes when we are, kind of taken out of our comfort zone or when we are feeling discomfort we have a tendency to shame or judge people especially when it's a parent with a child and I feel like this mom's story really echoes and is kind of a personification of the shame that I see across the board with parents just trying to raise their kids and people making judgments about them without really knowing the full picture of this parent or this child's journey. I, I have to say that um, I am guilty of doing that myself. I, I mean, I'm I, 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 I be honest. I mean, I'm gone. Yeah. My son was when he was born. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, he's a baby going to watch other parents going around going, I'm not going to do that. What is he yeah. doing that for? And like, then yeah. think about it. There's no manual. It's like whatever you think is right. Yes. Right. Yes. And then, too, I think children are human just like us. So they're very variable. So we might think, OK, I'm looking at another parent. I'm not going to do that with my kid. But when you have a kid, you have no idea what type of person you're going to bring into the world. You don't know what their identity is going to be, their behaviors, their personality. So on one end, it might be easy to say, I'm not going to do that or I would have done that better. But on the other hand, you never know who you're going to have in your home, who you're going to have to be raising. So I think it's really important that as we look at other parents who are trying to raise children that we really think back, okay, 
maybe I wouldn't have done it that way. Maybe I wouldn't have said those things to my child. Maybe I wouldn't have, you know, brought my child to this theater, but this parent made a choice and maybe it didn't play out the way the parent wanted it to, but they made a choice and to be empathetic to the fact that, like you just said, there's no manual. Parenting is definitely a trial and error journey. You know, you try things, you see how it goes. If it completely blows up, you're like, all right, we got to do that differently. But if you try it and it goes well, then you're like, all right, I'm glad we tried it. Now we know we can do this together. And I feel like when you shame parents, you really rob them of those trial and error moments where they get to see, can me and my child do this together? Can my child and I figure this out together? Well, when you shame or judge parents, they don't get the chance to do that because they're so fearful of the shame. I can see that. I can see that too. I mean, I mean, I brought my son into a movie, actually movie theater himself, and um, all of a sudden he he didn't want to be there and started yelling, and because like again, it was just too loud for him. And, and I, yeah, people look at me, but you know, yes, get him out of the situation. I'm over my shoulder, carrying him out, going, "I'm out of here. Let's go." Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll see you later on in Redbox or something. Right, right. But again, here's the deal. You got to try that. You got to take him and see, okay, can he deal with this? If not, then you know maybe he's not old enough to do it yet. Maybe this is not the right time. Maybe this is not the right movie. But because you got to try try it, you know, you got to see what could your kid handle at the time and what could you handle at the time. And I think the more we allow parents to do that and the more we give them support and empathy and the more we listen to their stories, the more I think parents will take those type of risks to see, okay, how does my child operate. Um, I was reading a post the other day. Someone was saying that, you know, helicopter parenting cost us a lot because you have to pay for a babysitter because you can't let your kids do anything without somebody judging them. And I feel like that's very true, which is because of the way we judge parents. Now, parents really don't know how to just trust their intuition. They don't know how to just say, okay, son, you know, go down the street and play with their friends and then come back at a certain time because someone might call child services on them and say that they're, they're unsupervising their child. So it's such a, shaming culture, such a judgmental culture that I think we have now um, for parents that it's even hard sometimes to let our kids figure things out because someone might mistake it for neglect or abuse. What if, I, I'm curious. I, I, I don't, I'm not even sure. What is helicopter parenting anyways? I, I have a weird, yeah. What is that? Um, it's a term that's used for a parent who kind of is always hovering like a helicopter, right? They're always hovering over their child to make sure their child doesn't get hurt, that their child is safe, that their child makes the right decision. So they're just kind of always around. I guess I, you kind of robbed them, like you said, robbed, I think robbed them of um, exploring and learning. Yes. Learning life skills because yes, I can remember when I was young in first grade, me and my buddies would ride up the streets of the local school and play baseball or first, second grade. Yes. Yeah, you do that now, you're going to have the cops called on you. Right. And I think that's where I think that's where helicopter parenting has started to kind of emerge because if you would do that now, let's say your kid is eight or nine, you know, anything could happen to your child. And if something happens, whether it be something dangerous like abduction or your kid gets into trouble, people are going to be pointing the finger at you saying, Joe, what kind of parent are you? You're a horrible parent. You should have been watching your kid. And from that moment on, you don't let your kid out of your sight because you don't want to be judged. You don't want to be shamed for letting your kid out of your sight for long enough to ride their bike down to the local school and getting into trouble. You know, so I think when we when we create a village around children and families, those type of incidents don't happen because when we see a child getting into trouble, we don't say shame on your mom and dad. We say, hey, young man, what are you doing? Are you supposed to be doing that? 
you know, did your parents tell you do that? Just like when I was a kid, if I was out in the, in the neighborhood and someone saw me doing something I wasn't supposed to do, the first thing they would say is, are you supposed to be doing that? Where are you supposed to be right now? You know, and I would have to be like, oh, I'm supposed to be at the park. Well, why are you over here at the store? Does your parent know you're here? If they don't, we'll take you home and make sure your parents know what you've done. You know, it wasn't, they wouldn't go to my mom and say, you're a horrible parent. You let your kid go. They would go to her and say, hey, I don't know what you let her do, but she was over here and she was supposed to be there. And then me and my mom would deal with it. And I think there has to be like this village where we don't blame parents for everything that children do. And we don't condemn kids for everything that they do. But we allow our parents and our children to really figure things out with a space of empathy, a space of caring, a space of, hey, you guys tried it didn't work out. Your kid made the wrong decision. Do you need some help? You know, it didn't work out, mom and dad. Do you need some support? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense, actually. It's almost like, um, I feel like sometimes other like parents and just don't want to get involved. They see a kid, yes. they see a kid out in the playground. They rather just call the cops. They don't want to get, they don't call the authorities. They don't want to get involved. Yep. And I feel like that's something that's so different than probably when you and I were growing up because people would get involved. People would make sure that we were okay at home. People would make sure, you know, that I was okay, even if I wasn't their kid, you know, and it wouldn't be about bashing my mom and her parenting. It would just be about, are you guys okay? Um, I had an interesting question. Maybe it was a good transition. I, I was wondering about finding unique parenting voice. What's that all about? Mm. Yeah. So something else that I noticed that has happened over the past decade, if you will, to parenting is that parents feel the need sometimes to, you know, use other people's ideals and other people's strategies to really validate who they are as a parent. And what I really help my parents do as a coach and through my book is to really figure out who are you? I mentioned earlier in the, in our, in our chat about having your own parenting identity. And I feel like a parenting identity is the same thing as a gender identity, as a sexual identity, as something that you have to come into. You have to really understand who it is, what it is, why it is, and how you want to express it in the world. And I think that while parenting strategies are very helpful and very useful in a family, especially if there's a lot of chaos and a lot of disruption, I feel like it's equally important for a parent to know who they are. So as they're using these parenting strategies, they're really infusing their unique voice and their unique identity and how they're implementing these strategies in their home. It's not just do what Joe says because Joe has the five steps to raising a perfect kid, but it's taking what Joe says and saying, okay, Joe says do X, Y, and Z. In my home, we believe this. How do I merge these two ideas together so we create a home that feels unique to us, a home that that allows each of us to grow and each of us to have our own personal identities and our needs and wants met? I also was wondering, too, since we get a little pause, we can transition. What is it? I, I noticed also you have a YouTuber or a video channel about Family Couch. I do. I do. So the family couch was something that I kind of um, that evolved from me doing parenting summits. So I've done about two or three parenting summits where I have um, an event, an online event where par- uh, parenting experts come in and I interview them and I talk to them about various parenting topics. And I really love that. But that event sometimes takes way too much time and it's very condensed into a few weeks. And I really wanted to have something that was similar to that, but where I released one episode a week so people could really watch that episode 
episode and digest what was going on. So the family couch is a series of discussions for parents and professionals to talk about what's going on in our families, what's going on in our world, how are families and parents really interacting with each other in this world and how are professionals there to help that process along. I did watch some of the first Vina and I thought it was very, very well done. I thought the videos were really not really good. And that was very interesting. I, I was like, oh, she has that too, a book and a video. <laughs> too. I thought it was, Thank you. That was really cool. Um, what, what about parent coaching, parenting coaching? And this is the first time, I mean, you got a coaching, a life coach, you got a, you got, yes. a, you got all these kind of coaches. What is, what is parent coaching? Parenting coaching? It's, a, it's literally what it sounds like. So it's really providing a healthy space for parents to figure out what I've been talking about this whole time, which is figure out their parenting voice, figure out their parenting identity. Um, so I coach them, right? I get their information. I figure out who they are. I figure out the goals and the visions they have for their family and their parenting. And then I really come alongside them and guide them on how they can begin to express those things in their family in a healthy way. So again, like again, most parents come in and say, oh, I want my kids to listen. I want my kids to do their chores. I want my kids to do better in school. I'm worried about my kids and peers. Um, a big one that's happened over the past couple of years is I want my kids to you know, be more healthy on social media and with their technology. And so with all of those concerns, we really look into what is the parent's vision for their family? What is the goal? You know, what would they like to really happen? And then we talk about some of those nuances. So when we have a kid that listens, how do we want them to listen? Do we want them to be a complacent listener where they don't think, they don't, they don't talk back, they don't have any say? Or do we want them to be a really active listener where they hear what you're saying, but they're able to kind of express themselves and express some of their concerns or some of their questions about what you're saying in a respectful way? And what I notice is that parents really appreciate being able to talk about some of those nuanced things with someone who's not their kid or not their spouse um, because they are able to kind of play in the the vastness of that, all the different options that come with how do I get my kid to listen? How do I get my kid to do what I think is best for them? How do I do that in a way that doesn't crush their spirit, but really helps them to come into a really healthy um, adult identity? It's um, interesting. It just made me think about something for a second. Um, like my son, he's four, and he's like the friendliest person, the most outgoing person in the world. <laughs> and he was like, you'll say hi to strangers driving down the road. And I'm like, John, you yeah. wave everybody because nobody was going to wave back. I mean, it's so funny with the pressures of the world and society nowadays with social media, and he gets to go into school, and people, you know, people are going to start getting into clicks and stuff. How do you keep that, keep, you know, any suggestion to keep that, um, like that enthusiasm for being so outgoing? Yeah, you know, I think one of the things is to really kind of allow them to be outgoing in a healthy way. So one of the things that I tell a lot of my my parents to do is to allow your kid to be enthusiastic with you. Show them, you know, kind of with you how happy you are that they're that they are so outgoing and enthusiastic. Um, give them opportunities to show that in a healthy way. So at four, he can do little stage plays at school or he can put on little shows at home. You know, as he gets older, really showing him that being extroverted is okay. Hey, but at the same time, understanding that there are other people too. Some people are not going to be as extroverted as you. Some people aren't going to talk the same way as you. Some people are going to be extroverted, but they're going to be a lot more quiet in their personality than you. And just really being able to point that out. One way I really like doing it too with smaller kids is through TV shows or through the characters that they listen to. So like if you have a kid that really is into a certain cartoon show, going through all the characters with them and pointing out the different personality traits in that character. So which character 
character says hi to everybody. Oh, he does that. Which character doesn't always talk and is kind of grumpy sometimes? Oh, that character. You know, which character always makes kind of not so great decisions and doesn't really listen all the time? Oh, that character. So your kid begins to start to see differences in people. And again, you know, some of it's developmental. So some of it he'll just start to understand as he gets older, as he gets around more peers. But I think you can really create that safe space for your child, whether it be for you or anyone who's listening, by allowing them to have those safe moments where they can talk to it, talk to you about it with you, where you can showcase it in the different things that you do throughout the day. Um, Instead of saying, you know, you don't have to wave everybody because everyone won't wave back. You can say something like, you know what, that was really nice of you to wave. You know, how did you feel when they didn't wave back? And to kind of get them to start thinking about how they feel and tuning into what's going on for them, too. That makes a lot of sense. And then then, then that makes like, I I, I totally agree with that. Another thing I like to um, maybe transition to about your website and courses. What what is your website about and your courses? I know you have a bunch of courses. I mean, books and blogs. Yes. So my website is shameproofparenting.com. It is the name of my branding, the name of my uh, organization, my business, as well as the name of my book. And on my website, I have links to all of my social media. So I'm pretty much everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those places. And then I also have uh, blogs. I also have video blogs. Um, I have access to my family couch show. So there's a link there. And you can also go to my online store where, yes, I have books, the book that I mentioned, as well as my first ebook uh, talking about homework and how to help your child do the homework battle that a lot of parents go through. I have webinars on there as well as courses and um, coaching for professionals and parents as well. Well, that's, 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 a, lot of, that's a lot of really good, um, really good uh, material there. Thank you. <laughs> Wrapping up, I, just, I would say final thoughts. What are your final thoughts for parents and where they, obviously I know, we know where they can find you, but final thoughts? Sure. So I would say if you're listening to this and you're thinking, how can I, you know, really understand more about my parenting identity or some of the stuff that we talked about? I would say two things. Number one, my book, Shameproof Parenting, is a great way to kind of get a great overview of this idea of finding your unique voice and your identity as a parent, as well as reach out to me, talk to me. I'm very social. I answer all of my Facebook and Twitter messages. Um, I answer all of my emails myself. I haven't gotten so big where I have, you know, assistant to answer everything for me. So if you have any questions about what you've heard today or my website or anything that you've read about me, feel free to reach out and just ask me and talk to me. I would have links to all the um, links in the show notes about well, your website and links to all your social media um, out in your social media in the, in the show notes so people can reach out for you too. Awesome. That's great. Well, thank you, Ms. Chase. Thank you very much for being on the podcast today. And thank you again. Really, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that's all I have for this episode. I want to say thank you for joining me on the No City on the Sideline Tab podcast. You can find all the show notes for this episode over at nocityonthesideline.com slash 35. You can find more about Mercedes and her book in services over at shameproofparenting.com. All the links will be in the show notes for this episode. Please pop comment on the podcast. Leave in a comment in the show notes or head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating review. The link is for the uh, Apple Podcast. It's no sitting on the sideline dot com slash Apple Podcast. Just if you want to make comments, hello, um, how you doing? Or if you want to contribute and start a conversation, what we talked about today. All comments help improve the show, and I like talking to you, meeting new people. It's fun. If you like to help, another thing I'm trying to like to help support the show. I mean, 
you're going to do Christmas shopping anyways. So in the show notes to be an Amazon affiliate link. Just click on the link and it'll bring you to Amazon. There's no cost for you. Just if you're going to go shopping, you're going to pay what you're going to pay on Amazon. It's just, it's kind of a referral link and um, they give you a little kickback, a little percentage or referring in, in any little bit helps support the show or the media hosts and stuff like that. I really would appreciate it. You know, thank you for being here. Thank you for your time. You know what? I really enjoyed connecting with you. Until next time, have fun getting involved with your children. Give them a hug. Just listen. Be surprised when this stuff comes to my son's mouth. <laughs> You'd be surprised what they say. Take care. God bless. See ya. for listening to the podcast please subscribe to the newsletter to receive updates of the show and helpful and useful tips this has been a production of foley 42 media